0: As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc. right, 2nd John, and we are reading from the New King James Version. The elder, to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we receive commandment from the Father. And now I plead with you, lady, no, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that, as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things which we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. The children of your elect sister greet you. Amen. Come on. All right, give it a stretch. If you got it, get some of that bustelo. All right, so John, he begins this letter with the elder. He That's how he identifies himself. And his readers presumably knew exactly who the elder was and who was writing this letter. Um, and Christians from the earliest of times have understood that this was the Apostle Paul. Excuse me, I'm sorry the apostle John writing this letter. Now, John, at this point, he was a very old man. He was probably around 90 years old and he uses the term elder, um, not as a name of his office or his job title or anything like that, but to relay his, his advanced age, right? He was an old dude, you know, and he had been through a whole lot because at this point he is the oldest apostle. He's the only one who had of all the apostles who had died of natural causes. He wasn't martyred like the rest of the apostles. Now think about it like this: John, being around 90, when he was um, called by Jesus to be a disciple, he was a teenager. All right? He wasn't, you know, a middle-aged man, like, like the like Hollywood depicts. Now, the, all, the, all the disciples, they were teenagers, okay? Think of them around you know 15, 16 years old. So now my man here is 90, right? He's 90. He has, he walked with Jesus, you know, he has, you know, shepherded many churches. He's done all kinds of things. He's been persecuted, he's been tortured. The Romans tried to kill him a couple of times and it didn't work, you know. So my man has some authority, right? So if you received a, a letter from the Apostle John, you better sit down and listen, right? John, the beloved. You know the the one who who sat at the right hand right right hand of Jesus. You know what I'm saying, like John one of the, one of Jesus's top three disciples. You know it says Peter James and John, right, was always with Jesus. So my man had some authority, and he's it says writing to the elect lady and her children. This could have been um an individual Christian uh, woman who he wanted to to warn, or, or could be a term for uh, some, a symbolic way of addressing of this particular congregation. So her children uh, being the church's individual members, um, John didn't identify himself, the elect lady or the children by name, because this was written during a time of great persecution. All right. The church was being heavily, heavily persecuted. And, and John may not have wanted to, 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 to implicate anyone else by name in a written letter. You know, if that letter was intercepted then right away, the authorities were going to know who was writing it who it was going to, all right, because this was the underground church, okay? These Christians were meeting in homes, and they were meeting quietly, you know, because they didn't want to get persecuted. So that's why he didn't identify himself. He writes, whom I love in truth, and not only I, whoever this elect lady was, or whatever this elect lady was, she was loved by all who knew the truth. See, if we know and love the truth, we will love those who also know and love the truth. Because it says the truth which abides in us also lives in others who know the truth. <laughs> Excuse me. We see John is is focused on this idea of truth as in all of his writings. John wrote about truth thirty seven times in his new in his New Testament writings. You know he wrote the, his his gospel. He wrote these three letters. He wrote the book of Revelation. You know he wrote about. Truth and this shows that what binds Christians together is not social, it's not political, you know, it's not it's not a, a class. What binds us together is a common truth. That is, and truth is so important to us Christians, right? Truth is so important. If you look at Fusion Church, you're there is there's, there's a, a wide range of of people. You know, there are people from all different races, creeds, you know, uh, political beliefs, uh, 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 how, you you know, rich people, poor people. We have all kinds of people in the church, right? But none of that binds us together, right? Look at the pictures of all the people on the Zoom call. There's all different kinds of colors on this call, right? That is not what binds us together. What binds us together brothers and sisters is truth and that truth is found in the person of Jesus Christ that is what binds us together truth does not change the truth will be true forever and we will have the truth forever in eternity and, and many pe- people today think that the truth changes from age to age from from generation to generation people talk about i want to live my truth i'm just living my truth right which is a load of, is garbage. That's garbage. The Bible knows that the truth will be with us forever. John can hardly write a verse without mentioning, you know, truth and love. The grace and mercy and peace God has for us are all given in truth and love. Apart from God's truth and love, we can never really have grace, mercy, and peace all right, listen to how, how how powerful and deep this is. In verse 3, he writes, Grace, mercy, and peace be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and in love. It's powerful, brothers and sisters. And then he says, the Son of the Father, when talking about Jesus, he keeps in view the, 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 the miraculous conception of, of Christ. And this is something that people had completely denied. But this doctrine is a foundation to our our salvation. People denied that Jesus was the actual Son of God, and John's like, "Nah, don't forget that. Don't don't try to you know cherry pick what, what we want to believe." He writes in verse four, "I rejoice greatly." This is when, when he says, "I rejoice greatly." This is a pastor's heart, right? This is a pastor's heart to know that his people are walking in truth. While while, while truth is not the only concern for a pastor, but it is a great concern and is is a great uh, 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 comfort for a pastor to see those he loves and cares for walking in truth. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you right now, when I see people in the church and they're walking rightly with Jesus Christ and they're walking in truth, and you've journeyed with people. And there's names on this call I'm seeing that we've journeyed together. And I've seen where you're coming from. And I've seen where you are now. And ooh, praise God. It, 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 it pumps us up as pastors, right? Because it's nothing that we've done. It's nothing that we've done. We've just been the facilitators. But the Holy Spirit has taken control, the Holy Spirit is running, it is, is leading your life and that brings that brings such joy and comfort to pastors because she writes i have found some of your children walking in truth he rejoiced because god's people are are, are, are walking in truth and they are also abide in, and are abiding in god the same idea is expressed in first john chapter two when he writes therefore let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. Truth is not only important for its own sake, but it's also our us walking in truth shows that we're walking with the Lord, okay? We can, we, we can believe the truth all we want, right? I can believe the Bible is the Word of God, the divinely inspired Word of God, right? But if I'm not walking in that truth, what's the point? I'm just saying good words. I'm just, I'm, you know what I'm saying? But we need to walk in truth. You know, he writes, I plead with you, lady. In verse five, he wasn't too proud, John, to beg on, on such important matters. Not when it came to something as vital in the Christian life as the commandment that we must love one another. Right? And this wasn't new to the readers. He repeated the same theme in 1 John and, and in his gospel. You know, because it is so essential and had to be repeated that we love one another, the the integrity of our Christian life can be measured by our love for one another, brothers and sisters. John 13, 35 says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, Jesus wrote. Verse six says, this is love that we walk according to his commandments. If we love God, we will obey his commandments. You know, in John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. We don't do this because we think his commandments, you know, are heavy burdens, but because we see that they are best for us. God's commandments are best for us. Right? And it's through what lens are you seeing it? Are you seeing it as, uh, as an obligation, or are you seeing it as I get to serve the Lord, I get to obey his commandments, right? Because God's commandments are guides, God's commandments are gifts to us. Real love will walk this way. John may be warning us about those who think that right, that the only important thing, in hold on, let me Paul. Okay. All right, sorry about that. Uh, uh, John may be warning us about those who think the only important thing in the Christian life is is a vague love with no heart for obedience. This is the difference between love and the emotion of love. Because love and the emotion of love are not the same thing. We may love without being directly conscious of love or or understanding of strength and passion. The solution to many of our questions is this. Those who love obey. Those who love obey. All right? Our love for Christ, you know, is not just an emotional love. Sometimes our love, you know, just like, you know, We love each other. We love our family members. And sometimes we make, we have to make a conscious decision. Like I'm going to love this person, whether I like them or not, I'm going to love them. You know what I'm saying? Because they get on my nerves. You know what I'm saying? Who, I mean, I'll I'll put my hand up. You ain't got to put your hand up, but every once in a while, right. There's people in our lives where you're like, you know what? I woke up this morning as a Christian I'm trying to go bet, go to bed as a Christian, but if they test me, whoo, you know, but we have to make that conscious decision to love, to love. I will love you despite, I will love you regardless, right? Verse seven says, um, and we're going to spend a little bit of time on here. It says, many deceivers have gone out into the world. John was aware of false teachers and there was, and then the false teaching was a danger. And the problems they were facing is that there was there was traveling teachers or or missionaries that um, and anyone who traveled were to be shown hospitality by Christians in the town they came. But these were deceivers. And while John mainly had in mind the danger in his own time of, of those who thought that Jesus being God could have no real connection with the material world, there were people that they were not teaching that Jesus Christ was 100% man, 100% God. They were teaching that there's no way that God, there's no way that God could really have been in this material world, right? He there there's no way. Right? They said that 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 Jesus really only had an apparent connection with this world, right? So they were teaching all this all this false doctrine. And so so to combat this John made a simple declaration. He said, we must confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This means that Jesus came as a real man, but it also means that he's going to come back as a real man. Although he's going to be in his glorified body, you know, and that's going to add to his eternal deity, a real flesh and blood Jesus will come again to the earth. All right. Don't forget this, brothers and sisters. The, the, the second coming of Jesus isn't just a nice, nice story that we tell each other. It's not just something that we say, we, we spout as doctrine. Jesus Christ, 100% man, 100% God, will return as 100% man and 100% God in his glorified body. And that is a truth from the Bible, brothers and sisters. That's not some crazy doctrine that I woke up this morning and said, you know what? I'm going to spout some craziness on the soap. No, this is truth from the Bible. Do not forget it. If you hear any other kind of false doctrine, any kind of any other YouTube preacher spouting anything, that is a heresy, right? He goes on to say, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. John, John insists that those who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh are deceivers and have the spirit of Antichrist. John warned us against these Antichrists in 1 John um, chapter 2 and then chapter 4. They, they are those who do not only oppose Jesus, but also offer a substitute Christ. The spirit of Antichrist will one day find its ultimate fulfillment in the Antichrist who will ultimately lead humanity in in the end-time rebellion against God, all right? Listen, the spirit of Antichrist is alive and well today. The spirit of Antichrist is manipulating and is twisting. It is changing people's perception of the gospel, okay? It is allowing things to begin taking place in churches, right, As, as if it's okay, right? There are churches that are and, and, and supposed Christian um, uh, organizations that are 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 uh, okay with anything and everything, right? Because love is love, right? And their truth is to love, and yes, we are to love everybody. But 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 listen to what I'm trying to say. They're they're taking the the concept of loving everybody and making that. Uh, allow anything to take place. There are churches. There are churches who are ordaining transgender and drag queens and all this stuff as ministers of the gospel. There are, and these things are taking place in churches. That is a distortion of God. That is distortion of love. And people are going to be, are, going to, are, going to, are going to fall because of this. People are being led astray from what the truth is, brothers and sisters, and it's up to us to have our spiritual eyes open, to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us. Okay? And I have no doubt that there may be someone on this call or someone listening later on on, on the, the podcast or on the blog who who thinks what I'm saying is crazy. You know, and they're going to, and you know, and all I'm talking about is hate, but no, but the Bible is very clear. There are deceivers in this world. There are deceivers in this world who are spouting the doctrine of the Antichrist, anything that goes against Christ, trying to take away of who God is. And it was happening back in the early church. And who are we to be so naive to say it's not happening today? It's happening today, brothers and sisters. And you know what? The enemy has had over 2,000 years to further perfect his deception tactics. So we have to be even more aware, even more cognizant of what is going going on around us. Yes, love, love. We are called to love people, but love people in truth, not condemn all right, don't go the, oh, the, the, the full other other side of the spectrum and just condemn and you go into hell if you believe, if you do. No, because God didn't call us to do that either. We are called to love, but love people in truth. Verse nine says, whoever uh, uh, transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. There's There's nothing noble, sincere, courageous or, or, or admirable in a false Jesus to deny that the biblical Jesus is always to reject the father and the son both and, and John John, he, John here he's he's drawing a, a critical line of truth over which it is heresy to transgress. And so today we, we we must we have to deal with modern denials of the biblical Jesus with the same passion that John did in his day. See, today we know with our with our scholarly denials of Jesus. It's it, it, you know, and people are able to you know uh, use science and use all these things to find a way to deny Jesus. So it's even more important than ever to know who the true Jesus is, according to the Bible, and to love and to serve Jesus with everything we have. When it talks about transgressors uh, to, to transgress is it has the idea of going beyond the boundary right going beyond the boundary you know we, we are we should never go beyond the teaching of jesus of who he is and, and what he has done for us we should never go beyond that anyone who thinks that we have or should go beyond what the bible plainly says about jesus is they're, they're, they're transgressing now there's there is true progress in Christian life, right? We do get more understanding, we, we we learn more, we you know, and all that, but but it is a progress based on a deeper knowledge of Jesus Christ, a deeper knowledge of Jesus Christ as revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Because I can go to any library and find all, all kinds of stories about Jesus, right? And all kinds of things, people denying and all this stuff about Jesus, right? And be like, oh, man, I know who Jesus was. That's a lie. Who is revealing? What is revealing that to you? Progress on any other ground may be called progress, but it's a progress that leaves God behind. We have to always have God in mind when we're learning and when we're studying the Gospels, when we're studying his word because if we're trying to understand the bible in an academic sense, we're never going to get it. We're never going to get it. Not fully, not the way that he wants to reveal things to us. Right? Verse 10 says if anyone comes to you and does not have this not not bring this doctrine, if if anyone comes to us denying the true doctrine of Jesus and, pr- and promoting a false doctrine, John says we should we should give no hospitality no aid and and, and to any of them because if we if we do we're, we're we're sharing in their evil deeds he goes on to say do not receive him into your house nor greet him at this time the churches they were meeting in homes right there was no church buildings per se right so people were meeting in homes Right, and they were fellowshipping, and they were they were they were studying the word, and they were they were they were preaching about Jesus. But John is saying, if there's anyone teaching a false doctrine, don't bring them into your house. Don't bring them into your house. So, you know, and in the early church, uh, when these false teachers were identified, you know, they weren't allowed to come in. They weren't allowed to participate in communion. They weren't given no aid as as uh, or support. But, but listen, they were not persecuted. They were not persecuted. So this tells me that the, the early church is like, I'm still going to love you, but I'm going to love you while you're over there. I don't have to bring you into my home. You're not going to preach to me no false doctrine. You're not gonna. You're not. You're not gonna mess up how people view Jesus. Not in my house. Not in my crib. Ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna love you. Stay over there. I'm still gonna love you, but you stay over there. Okay. So do not entertain false teachers. Be very careful, brothers and sisters, when you're watching, you know, YouTube preachers and 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 different types of podcasts and and while while what they're what they're preaching and what they're saying may be really good, it may be some good stuff. But if it is not the gospel, if it is in any way going against the gospel, brothers and sisters, that is the spirit of Antichrist. So be very careful. And I ain't gonna go into who I believe is the false teacher and I ain't gonna go, I ain't gonna go all that far because I got my own opinions. You know what I'm saying? However, it is up to you to do your own research and to allow the Holy Spirit to give you your own discernment to figure this out, right? And verse eleven, he says, "He who greets him." In the ancient Greek culture, greet meant to show hospitality, right? It wasn't just like, "Hey, what's up, homie." It was like it was really like, "Come, I greet you in the name of the Lord. Come into my home, have a drink, have some food." You know, and for many, especially new believers, it's best if they don't even speak to those who promote a false Jesus. Don't invite them into your home. Okay, now there are. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. There are other other belief systems like like Mormons and and Jehovah Witnesses that you know they're gonna to come to you. They're gonna to try to talk to you, right? And you know what? A lot of what they have to say can sometimes make sense, right? But they're spouting a false doctrine of who Jesus is. And if you're a newer believer. It is easy to get wrapped up in what they're saying. Avoid it at all costs. Don't even entertain it. When they come knocking at your door, don't answer it. Don't answer it, brothers and sisters, because they are, they, they are deceivers. And they could be amazing people. They could be the nicest people in the world, right? But that's right, Jessica. Stand firm. Stand firm and do not entertain it. You know, unless you feel led, and you're you, and you're you're an elder Christian, and you've been in this word for a while, and you know, you know that you know that you know what you stand on, and only if the Holy Spirit is really convicting you, today go ahead and talk to them. But it's easy to be deceived by this, because if we do this and we and we greet these false teachers, it says we're going to share in their evil deeds, right? You know, we we listen. We are defined by what we reject just as much as what we accept. So so some people, some people are so, so open-minded, right? That, that they can be empty headed. They're so like, Hey, every, we accept everything. Everything is, it's fine. It's fine. But we are not standing on the truth of God's word. So it's why, why is it keep an open mind on many things, but never keep an open mind, you know, about that which poisons. These false doctrines poison the spirit of antichrist poisons our minds. So you can you can say yes to all the right things, but you must also say no to what is false and what is evil. We need to be good at rejecting what should be rejected. So as I begin to close, in in um in the late 19th century, there was there was a rise of of, of of theological liberalism, and it and this developed, you know, generations of pastors and leaders and and theologians who who denied many of the fundamentals of biblical Christianity, and at its root, it thought that Christianity had to reevaluate all its doctrines in the light of modern science and, and philosophy and modern thinking, and that they rejected the idea that a doctrine was true simply because it's what the Bible said, right? And mean, in their, in their minds and their estimations, it also had to be proven to be true by, by reason and by, you know, scientific evaluation and, 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 and experience, They believe the Bible was not an inspired message from a real God, but it was the work of men who were who were limited by their ignorance and superstitions of their time. So, by that thought process, the Bible cannot be fully true. It's a great book, but what can we do, right? Because we're we're smart, we're thinkers, we're you know, and so what can we do to change? See, see, for them the Bible. Was not inspired. The Bible was not supernatural. The Bible was not the Word of God. And by denying the, that the Bible was not the Word of God, you are denying Jesus Christ. Period. Point blank. The Gospel of John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. And by denying anything the Bible says, you are denying Jesus Christ. And if you're if you get angry by something that 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 that, that one of us say when it comes to the to the word of, uh, of, of God, I would challenge you to do your own study of the word of God. Challenge your thought process. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Because I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, it is so easy to be deceived. So easy to be deceived by what's going on in the world around us. What other, quote, Christian pastors and teachers are are talking about. Not everyone on, on YouTube who's preaching is a man of God or a woman of God. Sorry, I hate to burst your bubble. But I would challenge you, when you're hearing something and it angers you, it frustrates you, do your own study. Do your own research. Read the Bible for yourself. Come to your own conclusion, but ask the Holy Spirit to open the Bible to you. Don't read it through your own mind. Don't read it as one of these these liberal theologians who who are trying to to make God make sense. Because brothers and sisters, by by our, our fleshly mind, God makes no sense. He doesn't. How, is, how does God not have a beginning or an end? How has God always been? Try to rationalize that. Go ahead. I'll wait. Can anybody figure that out? No. And that's our God. I would rather have a God that I don't understand. Because if I can make sense of God, if I can put God in the box and, and through my own understanding and reasoning, like this is exactly who God is, Right? I put a definition on God, and I've made myself greater than God, and that's what these what these false teachers, these false uh, false uh, pastors, false theologians, all these things they're doing. They're making themselves above God because they are putting their own definition. The Bible and its message, the importance of it, is is not just in its literal or historic truth. Because the Bible is historically accurate, okay? I'm telling you, I just came back from Israel and seeing, you know, reading what the Bible says and seeing the things that we know are, you know, the Bible is historically true. It's historically accurate. But what's even more important is the eternal spiritual message that the Bible says, that the Bible has for us seek first the kingdom brothers and sisters and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you and that includes an understanding of what the bible says and who jesus christ is amen amen let's pray father we love you lord and we just thank you father for for revealing these things to us lord god i pray father that as we go about our our, our daily lives our daily walks father that that we will become even more aware of false teachers false doctrines father that we will not allow anything anything, anything to take root in our minds and in our hearts that does not come from you, Father. So, Father, I pray that as we as we continue digging into your word and we continue getting stronger and, and deeper in you, Father, a deeper understanding, Father, that, that we will be able to do even more for your kingdom, Father. Father, I pray for all my brothers and sisters on this call, Lord God. I pray that you would touch their hearts, Lord God, touch their minds, Father, that as they go about their day, Father, you would just be continually talking to them, speaking to them, revealing new things to them, Lord God. Father, I pray that right now that they would feel your Holy Spirit presence wherever they're at in their homes, at work, in their car, Lord God, Father. If they're going through something, Father, I pray that you're, that they will feel your, your supernatural arms wrapping around them and enveloping them, Father, in comfort and peace, Lord God. Be with us, Lord, as we go into this, what's going to be undoubtedly an amazing weekend of freedom, Lord. An amazing weekend of freedom, Father. I pray that we will just, we'll just look to you, Lord God. Let's not look to the speakers. Let's not look to, to anything else, Father, but we just keep our focus on you, and you will do the rest. Father, we praise you for what you're doing. We're just so, so grateful. We are just so grateful for who you are. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right. Love you guys. This was a good one. I'll see a lot of you this weekend, and if not, I'll see you next week right here. God bless.